Is the rapture of the church a biblical reality? Or is it just the result of hopeful imaginings that believers might be able to escape the horrors of the tribulation? Is the rapture fact or fiction? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Once again this week I have in the studio here with me two preaching and teaching colleagues, Nathan Jones and Tim Moore. Nathan is our internet evangelist and Tim is our associate evangelist. He is a retired Air Force Colonel who serves as a pilot and pilot instructor for UPS. He also is serving in his 12th year in the Kentucky State Legislature and in his spare time <laughs> he serves this ministry by preaching and teaching at churches and conferences on the weekends. Now, this, folks, is the fourth in a series of programs that we're doing in response to questions that viewers have sent to us. The first week we considered questions about the integrity of the Bible. The next week we took a look at general questions concerning Bible prophecy. The third week we focused on questions about the signs of the times. Now, if you missed our previous programs in this series, you can find them on our website at lamblion.com, where we archive all of our TV programs for people to watch on demand. Our topic this week is the rapture. Tim, before we get into questions about the rapture, define the rapture for our viewers. Well, the rapture, as we believe, is the moment when the Father says to the Son, Go and get your bride. And so, in the twinkling of an eye, He calls for the church, and we are transformed and go to meet Him in the air and spend the rest of the, uh, the tribulation period with Jesus. And so, it is a promise made to believers who are here that we will be gathered up to Him. You know, the Lord said that He does what the Father tells Him, so He's waiting for that Word to go and <laughs> gather His bride, and we believe that will happen soon. Will that include Old Testament believers? Well, the Old Testament believers will not be raised at that time. That is, is for those just, the church, the just for those who are alive on the earth at that moment. Yeah, and so the Old Testament believers will be resurrected when the Old Testament believers will be resurrected when the Lord returns at the second coming. At the second coming, okay. yes, sir. All right. Let me get to another question that's been sent in, and it says, "My pastor talks only about the second coming. Is the rapture a part of the second coming?" Well, you got it depends on how you look at it. Yes and no. Yes, it is the second coming of Jesus Christ comes in two stages. Uh, the rapture before the tribulation, then seven years plus if there's a little gap, and then the second coming at the end. But you can also then consider it separate. It is meant for the church only. It's meant to take the church, if you are saved, up to heaven. Uh, so it's considered a separate event as well. So I tell people yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very good answer. Okay. Uh, because uh, you've got about seven years between the two. Uh, the rapture is not necessarily the beginning of the tribulation. No. No. So there could be a gap of a few months or even a few years as uh, after the rapture occurs, as the world is thrown into chaos and the Antichrist arises and says, I've got the answer to all the world's problems and, and um, makes a peace treaty with Israel. But uh, yeah, I think your, your concept is very well stated that the second coming occurs in two stages. First, the appearing of the Lord in the heavens and for the church, and then later His return to earth to reign. All right, another question. 
There are so many concepts of the timing of the rapture, and I find it all very confusing. And that's very common. Yeah, when common. do you think the rapture is most likely to occur, and why? Well, I think that we have to almost go back to the word rapture. A lot of people say, well, that's not even in the Bible. Well, the word raptura was in the Latin Vulgate, of course, in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, and it connotates a quick action, a snatching away. And so that's why even some translations say that we will be snatched away or caught up uh, originally in the King James Version. But it is a quick, forceful action. And I think that all of us who look forward to the rapture as the next major prophetic event realize that it will happen very quickly. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. I come suddenly, obviously for us who are His in the church. And I liken it to a pregnancy. When my wife or when my oldest daughter was pregnant, we knew that that baby was going to come about nine months after uh, the conception. Well, we didn't know exactly when. And so the signs of the approaching due date were very evident, but we still didn't know the exact moment. We could sense it was getting closer and closer. So for me, I believe that the timing of the rapture is getting closer and closer. Its due date is any moment, but it could be a little bit longer. It could be yeah, today. But that doesn't really address the question. The okay. question is the timing of the rapture. The timing of the rapture, soon and very soon. <laughs> Still doesn't address the question. The question has to do with when is the rapture going to occur? Is it going to be before the tribulation, middle oh, of the tribulation, okay. end of the tribulation? I understand your question. Well, Ten well, years. Let's, <laughs> let's clear clear this up first. Yes. Uh, we're, you're not asking us when day is the rapture because nobody no, can. Right. Nobody Jesus knows said, nobody exactly can know right. the day and hour. Matter of fact, even when Jesus was here in his first coming, even he said he didn't know, which boggles the mind. Clearly, he knows now. So we know that we cannot predict the date or the time of the rapture. But we do know that the rapture is separate from the second coming. Yes. Because we read the passage, Matthew 24, uh, excuse me, uh, yes, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, Zechariah 14, all talk about the second coming. But the rapture verses, when you talk about 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15, John 14 even, they tell two different stories. So, we yes. know the rapture and the second coming are separate. Okay, now we know they're separate. How do they relate to each other? Well, there's four major views for that. You've got the pre-tribulation rapture view where the rapture happens before the seven-year tribulation. You've got the mid-tribulation view that it happens at the three and a half years into the tribulation. Then you've got the pre-wrath view where it happens before the bold judgments about five plus years into the tribulation. And then you've got the post-tribulation rapture view where Jesus comes back and the rapture happens and then we, you turn and come right back. So those are the, probably the four main views. Now there's other fringe views, but those are the four main views about the rapture is going to occur. Me particularly, and I think you guys too, yes. obviously, believe in the pre-tribulation rapture view because we look at the rapture passages and we look at the second coming passages and they tell two very different stories. Yes, they do. The contrast between 1 Thessalonians 4 where it talks about Jesus appearing for the church as a deliverer in grace and to bring salvation and, and deliverance for those of us who are His. He's coming as a bridegroom. Whereas in Revelation 19, the Lord is coming in great wrath. He returns to the earth, not just in the heavens. He comes as a warrior and to rule as a king. And obviously the church comes with Him. There are many pictures of this. Even in the book of Revelation, John is addressing the churches, dictating, or the Lord is dictating to him letters to the seven churches. And then in chapter 4, John is caught up. He's snatched up and translated to heaven and the rest of Revelation until Revelation 19. He is there witnessing things in heaven, describing events on the earth, but the church is not mentioned. 
until the, the church returns to the earth with the Lord. So that's why we think the rapture comes for the church in an instant and the church is snatched away before the Lord returns subsequent to that in the second coming. And I would add too on top of that, that's a great answer. Because not only do we see the difference between the verses that deal with the rapture and the tribulation, two totally different stories, but we have the ironclad promise of God that the church is never destined to endure the wrath of God. Exactly Revelation right. Revelation 3.10, 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9, they all say that the believer in Christ is not destined to endure the wrath of God. What is the tribulation? Not little t tribulation, big t tribulation that time. Okay, but now the problem with, with your answers is this. Okay. A person who believes in a mid-tribulation rapture would agree with everything you said. That, that, because they that it's occurring the before the wrath of God. Right. Because they do not consider the seal judgments or the trumpet judgments to be the wrath of God. It's the wrath of Satan and the wrath of man. So right. they would say, yes, we believe that we're going out before the, for the wrath. The, the, the pre-wrath position, which I think is misnamed, it should be called the two-thirds uh, tribulation rapture. Three, they argue the same thing. That the only wrath of God is the bold judgments, and they are going out before the bold judgments. Well, that and is very easy to answer. Uh, when I ahead. take the first, you take the second half. Mm -hmm. Is that well, there's two verses that really make it clear that the entire seven, ju uh, 21 judgments are the wrath of God. I'll take the first one. You Go take ahead. The, the first one is that who opens the seal judgments? Jesus Christ. He at is the, the one at the throne. And then you get to Revelation 15 and it says... Well, well go wait ahead. a minute before you get there. In Revelation chapter 6 you're talking about the first series, the seal judgment. Right. For those and they're opened know. by Jesus at the throne. But yeah. right at the end it says that this is the wrath of the Lamb. Yes. Not the wrath of man, Satan. It's the wrath of the Lamb. Right. How can you argue this the wrath of Satan and man? I mean, no, I mean, no, certainly God uses man to absolutely. punish. I mean, look at the fifth seal judgment, all the martyrs. God isn't going out killing all those people. The Antichrist is killing Satan people. can't do whatever he wants to do. No, he's, he is uh, on a very short... God allows him to pour wish. out this wrath. You know. But I think the... Is, you're the well, in uh, Revelation 51 says, uh, John saw another sign in the heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. Did you say Revelation 51? Revelation 15, oh, verse 50. 1. 15, <laughs> 1. I thought you said 51. Well, the, we other, added a few extra. the other reality that we will key on, and... and I will give grace to those who differ on the yes. exact timing because I don't put my trust in my own understanding. My trust is in the Lord. But those folks will declare that the Lord is coming, the rapture midway or partway through the tribulation. Then they're not looking for Jesus Christ. They're looking for the revelation of the Antichrist. They're looking for the rebuilding of the temple. They're looking for other signs that in their understanding have to precede the Lord's return. They're also destroying eminence. They are destroying because eminence. Fact, uh, events that have to occur before the Lord Exactly can right. And over and over again we're told to look for the blessed hope, which is Jesus Christ, not for the Antichrist, not for all the other signs. So this principle of eminence is why we believe the rapture has nothing that precedes it we don't have to look for other signs. Just like John who recorded all these things, we are looking for Jesus Christ even now. I love how what you, when you quote Ron Rhodes, what he says about bringing comfort. Could you do that please? Because that is so poignant. <laughs> well, he, he was talking about the, this. Ron Rhodes is a, a Bible prophecy scholar and writer. Oh, yeah. And we've had him at several of our conferences. He's a wonderful presenter. And uh, one year he was talking about the rapture. <laughs> and he was talking about people who believe the rapture and second coming are all one event. It's kind of the yo-yo. You go up and you come right back down with the Lord. And he said, what they're really saying is this, that uh, 
You, the church, are going to face seven years of horrible tribulation, suffering, torture, uh, just unspeakable horrors. Comfort one another with these words. Because that's what 1 Thessalonians 4 ends with in right. its talk about the rapture. It says, yeah. Comfort one another with these words. What words? The fact you're going to be taken out before all that happens. Uh, that, that's not much of a comfort. Yeah. Well. Okay, well, we're, folks, we're going to take a brief uh, break and then we'll come right back. You can obtain a copy of Dr. Reagan's new book, The Rapture, Fact or Fiction, for a gift of $15, including the cost of shipping. The book contains answers to 21 of the most frequently asked questions about the rapture, and it provides Dr. Reagan's responses to the 13 most common objections. Additionally, the book begins with explanations of what happens when you die and what will happen on the day of the rapture, both to the living and the dead. The book ends with an uplifting, inspirational presentation about the blessings of the Bible's promise of the pre-trib rapture. The book is written in Dr. Reagan's usual down-to-earth, easy-to-understand style. Again, it can be yours for a gift of only $15, including the cost of shipping. Place your order through our website at lamblion.com or call the number you see on the screen. If you call, please do so Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. Considering ordering extra copies for your church's pastor and educational minister. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our responses to questions about the rapture. Okay, Dave, what's our next question? All right, well, let me see what's the next one. The next one is My pastor rejects the concept of a pre tribulation rapture because he says it's too new to be true. What about it? <laughs> too new to be true. Yes, we do. Well, go ahead, Nathan. You want to start with this one? I think the best book ever written is Dispensational Before Darby by William Watson. It blows the too new to be true. Brand new book. View. Brand new book. He's actually working on a sequel, he told me. And what he does is he went, you know, he's a research professor. He went into the archives, dug deep into the church writings for the last 2,000 years. In England. In England, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a great intellect. And he found that there are writings all throughout. I mean, we all knew that there was. Um, Barnabas, Papias, Justin Martyr yeah. was talking about the imminency of their second coming. You got later in the 1500s through the 1800s, Joseph Mead, Increase Mather, James McKnight. They separated the rapture and the second coming. So this idea that John Darby back in the 1800s had invented this because he heard ecstatic utterances from <laughs> Margaret McDonald, some 15-year-old girl, and boom, we've got this rapture view, a pre-trib rapture view mm. to be exact, is too new. And that's not true at all. What it is, it's a reawakening of the teachings of Jesus and the Apostles from the first century. The church yes. buried it under Augustine and for the Dark Ages, it was the Dark Ages for a reason, because they had lost that view because they spiritualized Scripture. With the literal interpretation of the Bible, we're back and understanding the Bible literally tells us that the rapture and the second coming are separate and the rapture will happen before the tribulation. I think that's so important to understand too. We can point back to writers like John Darby in England that was in the early 1800s. He was one part of the Plymouth Brethren movement. Uh, of course, we think about the pilgrims here. William Blackstone with his famous book, oh, Jesus yeah. is Coming, written in 1878. And they popularized yes. once again but really we can go back to the original writings of Paul yes. and of John and of Peter who believed in the imminence of the Lord's return even in their day and age. Well, you made a re really good point uh, about the fact that uh, we had the Dark Ages. And, what, and I need to emphasize that. People need to understand that St. Augustine uh, in about 400 wrote a book called The City of God which just said 
all of Bible prophecy, end time prophecy should be spiritualized. And he didn't take any of it. And so he said, we're in the millennium now and all this sort of thing. And the church adopted that because it gave great importance to the church. It meant the church was God's kingdom on earth and the Pope was the spokesman for God and all the nations should submit themselves uh, to the Pope. And so the church bought it and nobody else was allowed ever in the Middle Ages to disagree with that. But they couldn't disagree with it because they didn't have the Word of God. That's right. In the Middle Ages, we didn't have printing. The only copies were very costly handwritten and the average person couldn't read or write. Wasn't allowed to. So, it wasn't until two things happened. The invention of the printing press and the translation of the Bible into common languages that people could begin to read the Bible and say, hey, you know, what the church is teaching doesn't line up with what the Word of God says. And so, it wasn't until the, 16, uh, the 1700s that people began to say, hey, the Bible says Jesus coming back will reign for a thousand years. We believe it means what it says. And they began to see, hey, there's a difference between what's talked about in 1 Thessalonians 4 and Revelation 19. There must be some, some different difference there. And, and the people began to develop the idea of the rapture. It wasn't something that just fell out of Heaven overnight or that John Darby dreamed up overnight. No. But, and, and you know Watson is interesting about him is he said that he has discovered books in England he didn't think anybody's read for 350 years know, that are talking about a pre-trib rapture or else they are re refuting somebody who is talk, uh, evidently teaching a pre-trib rapture. But it had been around. Right? Well, some of the mantras of the Reformation movement, uh, grace alone, yeah. Scripture alone, yeah. That was a new concept to some who'd Wonderful been Wonderful point. Yeah. Yes, and when, so those yeah. were not when new Martin concepts. Martin Luther came up with the concept of we are saved by grace through faith and not by works. The number one argument of the Roman Catholic Church was that's too new to too be true. Too new to be true. They said none of the popes, none of the church fathers ever taught it. And his response was fantastic. He said, well, the real church fathers did they like uh, Jesus did. and Paul and, <laughs> and Peter. Peter, yes. John. <laughs> so, go back to the original and it's not new. Okay. It is Great answers guys. I appreciate it. Alright, next question. What specific prophecies must be fulfilled before the rapture can occur? For example, doesn't the Gospel have to be preached to all the world first? Jesus said, it's going to be preached to all the world and then I'll come. Well, again, I think that depends upon the meaning of then I'll come. Yep. Some will We'll quote that scripture, but what Jesus is referring to is his second coming yes. to earth, not the rapture. I think there's only one prophecy that was required to be fulfilled before the rapture when he comes again for his church, and that was that the Messiah came the first time. Yeah. And once he came the first time, fulfilling all the prophecies leading up to that event, it set the stage for his return, which is why even immediately after his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension into Heaven, the Apostles were already looking for yeah. His soon return. That's yeah. the only prophecy that had to be fulfilled. Well, think about what Jesus said too. He says, I come like a thief. You know, be watchful. You know, if you, if you know the time that your family is going to show up at the door, then, you know, you know to show up and wait for Him. But no, we don't. We're supposed, we're supposed to look. We're looking out the window. We're waiting. We don't know what time He's coming. Now, if Jesus is coming at the end of the second coming to the rapture and the second coming are the same, then we've got seven years worth of signs. We've got 21 judgments that fall oh. to the earth, massive earthquakes, global government, Antichrist rising, image worship, mark of the beast. Yes. I mean, and in, even with Daniel's 70th week, which tells us that the tribulation will last seven years uh, of 30 day months, we know to the day when Jesus Christ returns, from when the Antichrist creates the treaty, Daniel 9, all the way till. Jesus' second coming. But the rapture, there's no signs before it. You, you don't know when it's going to come. So clearly, I think the Bible 
ironclad. I am 99.99% sure <laughs> the rapture happens before the tribulation, not during the second. I like what you said, that, that still my, my trust is not in my own understanding. I have to build, though, on the point you just made about the Lord yes. coming like a thief, because the passage people refer to there from 1 Thessalonians 5 does say He'll come like a thief, and that destruction will come upon them suddenly, and they will not escape. But it goes on to say, but we who are His brethren and sister, and I'll, I'll add, are not in darkness, and therefore we need to be alert. We should recognize the approaching signs of His soon return and should be alert and looking for that glorious event. And when we see those signs that are pointing to the tribulation and the second coming, we know that the rapture is right around the we corner. We certainly do. You know, fellas, it, I, it occurred to me recently, I was really thinking about this, that there probably is one prophecy that has to be fulfilled before the rapture. Mm. Well, this is the first you know, he's ever said this. Okay. I'm, I'm really anxious to hear what you got to say. Bible says it's not going to occur until the last Gentile is brought in. But it's one that we can't recognize and we don't know That's exactly when that true. happens. Only God knows. Mm. But when the last, when He has def, uh, ordained for the last Gentile to be brought in. That brings up what you said about does the gospel have to be preached to all yeah. nations? We yeah. hear that all the time. You know, that the all gospel has to be preached to all the nations first, then the rapture. But that's not true because during the tribulation, the Lord provides yeah. two witnesses, uh, 144,000 Jewish evangelists, an angel, an angel, a gospel yeah, angel. He's talking about the second person. coming. He's there. talking about the second coming, not. And the that angel. will not be fulfilled until no. the end of the tribulation, right. when the gospel angel goes forth all over the world and preaches the gospel. God gives everybody one last chance to repent. Amen. I love the passage in Genesis that jumped out at me in 1814, where promising to Abram that he would have a son, the Lord says, at the appointed time I will return to you. And to me that's not only a promise made to Abram, <laughs> but really it echoes down through the, the centuries to us today. At the appointed time he will return for us. Well, let's move on to another question here. Aren't you guys who believe in a pre-trib rapture just a bunch of escapists who are afraid of suffering during the tribulation? Well, we should stay in the tribulation and suffer. That oh. will prove that we're uh, real Christians. Need some more suffering here. Didn't Jesus say that we were to pray to escape? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes He did. I, I think <laughs> we get confused because we look at the word tribulation yeah. in the Bible, and it's a little t. It means, yeah, we will suffer at the hands of man it as a follower of Jesus blank. Christ. We will suffer, but we're not talking about little suffer. We're talking about a time period, a okay. name, the capital tribulation. T, the tribulation. <laughs> like the flood was God's wrath. The tribulation is God's wrath. Yeah. I think there are many examples where he does say, as you said, pray to escape the wrath that is to come. The passage I just read in 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about we are not destined for destruction and to be unable to escape as those who are in darkness. We are sons of light and, uh, and, not, and of day. Other passages, the example of Noah, the example of Lot. God has demonstrated that before destruction falls, before He pours out judgment, He takes those who are His, who are credited with righteousness, out so that they do not suffer that fate. Well, we only have about a minute and a half left, so let's get to the last okay. question, and it's one we need a lot of time on, but uh, you just have to give quick answers. Okay. Yes, I've heard people say that if you have heard the gospel before the tribulation and have rejected it, you'll have no hope of responding to it during the tribulation. Now, what do you all think? Hmm. Very controversial point. I, I think that there is a difference of perspective here, and we may even disagree among the three of us. I know that it will be very difficult. A person who has hardened their heart to the gospel before yeah. the rapture, why would their their heart be softened Knowing after the rapture? Knowing that they're probably going to be killed immediately. Knowing that they're probably going to be killed immediately. <laughs> but I chalk this up to what Ezekiel had to say when the Lord asked, "Can these bones live?" And I, my answer to this question <laughs> is, "O oh Lord, you know. Only God knows, because His Spirit." 
uh, will still be at work and will still touch the hearts of individuals. And so only God knows, and I will leave it into his discretion. 2 Thessalonians 2 seems to indicate that people who have heard the gospel before the rapture have no chance of being saved. But like you said, we read about millions and mm -hmm. millions of people to be saved during the, the yep. tribulation. So we know the gospel will spread during that time. Yes, we do. Well, those are wonderful answers. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to come back and I'm going to ask uh, you all to talk about the, what is the impact of this message for believers and unbelievers. Okay? Very important. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion about the rapture. Okay, Dave, you said you okay. had a big question to ask us. I'm done. All right, this is the most important question of all. How should people prepare for the rapture? And when I ask that, I'm thinking about both believers and unbelievers. Mm. Let's go with you first, unbelievers. That's an excellent question. All right, if you're an unbeliever, in other words, you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you haven't repented of your sins and turned to Him, what are you waiting for? You know that the tribulation is coming. You know even if you die that hell awaits you. So to be sure. saved, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He took that punishment onto Himself. And when you accept that in faith and repentance, you can be saved. Pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And hold you just that. Your sins will be forgiven, the guilt will be gone, and you will inherit eternal life in heaven. Very true. Thank you very much. And uh, Tim, how about you speaking to believers? Well, I think it's very important for believers to understand that the time is short. And so we have to be serious about living for the Lord today. That means living holy lifestyles and being urgent in evangelism. We don't have the promise of even another day. So we need to be ready for Him, looking for our blessed hope. This is proven in Titus where he says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. The Lord Himself in Luke 21, 28 made the same point that we should be living looking for His soon return, straightening up if you will. Mm, yeah. And finally I'll point out in Mark 13, He said, Jesus Christ, take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. But as He promised Abram, there has been an appointed time set. It is for us to be looking for Him and to living right now for Jesus Christ each and every day. Thank you very much. Those are two very good answers. Uh, I think that on your point, if a person ever would truly believe, not in the head but in the heart, in the that heart. Jesus is coming back, and number two, that could happen any moment, it just motivates people to holiness and evangelism. And on your point, I think that we just need to emphasize the fact that there's not anything people can do to earn salvation not because it. Satan's greatest the uh, greatest trick that he's pulled on people throughout history is to try to convince them that they have to earn their salvation. You got to work. You got to earn it. And no. the Bible says that's just not true. No. Jesus did the only work that matters, the saving work on the cross. Yes. Uh, my, one of my favorite pastors, Robert Jeffress of First Baptist Church in Dallas, so says, Every religion in the world except Christianity is spelled D O, do. Only Christianity is spelled done. It was all done for us on the cross, and Jesus said, it is finished. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope, the Lord willing, you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful.
for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.